With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Rye. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Adam and Chuck. Well, today we're going to talk to Adam Winch from Defenders USA, and we're going to talk about concealed carry. Um, what you need to know in a, uh, a shooting incident, what you need to know to be prepared for one. Um, Adam, give us a little bit of your background here quick. Let us know uh, where you're coming from. All right. Well, good morning to you. Glad to be here. Um, so my background, I uh, grew up a missionary kid in, in West Africa, so still learning wow. English. Um, yeah. So grew up over there, uh, came back to the States right about college time. Uh, finished up the last little bit of high school in the States, then immediately ran off to a military college. So think like VMI, West Point, Citadel, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, later uh, joined the U.S. Army and uh, went in as a MP, uh, military police officer. After about a year or two of that, got a little tired of it and turned in, stayed MP, but went into some things like, if you know the acronyms, uh, ERT, QRF, SRT, PSD, you know, that type thing. So think like military SWAT team, protecting personnel, um, kind of plain clothes stuff where you, you protect executives or senators or whatever, right? Um, uh, wounded soldiers, those type things. Did a little, uh, did, I don't know, 12 or 13 months boots on ground in Kuwait, Iraq, Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then also police officer in Grand Junction, Colorado uh, for a little over 10 years, almost, I think, 10 and a half years where I was a uh, patrol officer. And then, of course, street crimes, unit officer, SWAT team, trainer, yada, yada. Uh, In the meantime, uh, while I was running, being a cop, I started a gun training business because, you know, it is as a cop. I saw too many victims of crime. So I figured those people need the same training my buddies and I have to survive. Right. right? I was tired of it. So I started a gun training business and it got a reputation. It was total accident. I didn't mean to. It just I guess it was okay. And it got a reputation. Next thing, you know, I got more and more phone calls and it got to where ultimately I was so busy that, you know, I could do whatever. Well, I'd always kid in Africa. I used to read a lot. So I always wanted to be a cop and a soldier. And then I wanted to own a business in America. Well, I'd done the first two. I was so busy. I kind of went, all right, I've done these two. Well, you know what? Let's try this business in America thing and see what happens. And well, it's been 10, 10, over 10 years now, about 10 and a half. And, uh, you know, if it fails, maybe I'll go back to cop work and all, but I sure enjoy this. And I don't deal with dirt bags every day like I did as a cop, right? Yeah, that's got to be. Uh, yeah. yeah, bad people don't come see me anymore. Good people do. So, And I enjoy that. And I enjoy helping good people. So it turned into a training company that does way more than guns. But now it's Defenders USA. And, uh, you know, it's just we've trained tens upon tens of thousands of civilian, military, and law enforcement. In fact, last week, Last week, I was training a bunch of cops, week before a bunch of cops and uh, civilians before that. And I love it, enjoy it, and uh, going to keep doing it until, I don't know, something more interesting comes along or God calls me home. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's funny. I had a buddy who was a cop about, uh, I don't know, about six years ago we were talking. He was in New York when I was there, and I just moved out uh, down south. But anyway, he uh, he would tell me, he's like, big six, four guy and, and, you know, a strong guy. And he's like, you know, I used to love it. And now I'm retiring because he goes five years ago. So maybe 2010, he's like, you know, you're a cop, you get respect. People are cool with you, whatever. He's like, now I'll have a 90 pound kid who wants to pick a fight with me. And he's like, everybody's coming at me. And he's like, I can't handle being in a fight every day and being on guard all the time. (laughs) And he's like, it's just too much. And so I understand the perspective of not necessarily, you know, what to deal with dirt bags or whatever, you know, I well, mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, I got to tell you, I like the fights, man. I love yeah, the fights. a little excitement, huh? 
but but after a while you're like all right i'm fighting every other week or every week or whatever it right, is right and that means that means a lot of paper and that also means a lot of scrutiny for mere admin just because right, somebody right. wanted to get in the fight and i just happened to be standing there right right and you know or going up and they just they got they got to fight a cop today for some reason Boy, I tell you, it, it gets a little old after a while. I That's imagine. the beauty of what I do now is I, I get to deal with good people, not bad. There you go. So, and that's it. I mean, doing the, the shooting range. I mean, definitely, uh, and you said you train a lot of cops. You do a lot of that. Yeah. You know, it, it's everybody. Yeah. The, the full spectrum, like you said, there's, there's a need. I got to say, a lot of the cops I talk to don't shoot often. No. Um and, and I mean, you know, training wise, you know, they don't, they don't. And they're like, oh, well, once a year I go out and I qualify and that, you know, maybe I do two hours before that, you know, a week before and then go do my qualification and then that's all I do. And so if we kind of change that in, in the world, that maybe would be a, a better thing. And, you know, I, I always, I, I read these statistics of like a cop hitting a moving target is like, you know, hard to do. It's hard for anybody to do, but you would think, you know, a cop, you know, you'd have a higher level of accuracy. So I'm sure what you're doing is uh, make it a big difference. And so, so you yeah. bring up a, an area that's a, a real passion for me, right? Yeah. You know, as a cop, I was always one of the top shooters in my department, right? And right. I thought I was all, I was all that in a bucket of neck bones. Right. Right. And uh, you know, I, I, you had to use a gun on the street, made my hits, got all my hits. Right. Um, but. But, you know, I always thought I was a pretty good shooter. Well, after I got into my thing where I had to use a gun on the street, right. um, I realized my my training didn't fit the shooting I was, you know, I had to do. Right. And so I started going to training myself and I walked in, you know, I, I researched what I thought was some of the best trainers out there. We did a lot of work to figure it out. So I go and I show up to this course, right? And it's in California. And I go show up at this course and I walk in thinking SWAT dog, right? I right. got Right. I know I'm, I'll probably be the best one here within 10 minutes. I was so humbled by how bad of a shot I was as a cop. And right. these are all these non cops in here. And I was getting my butt handed to me on the range. And that's when I finally started realizing the vast majority of cops can't shoot. <laughs> yeah. And I was one of them. I mean, right. I did really well in the cop world. Right. And that's pretty traditional. But compared to a lot of civilians, I didn't realize that right. the training is yeah, our training is behind the times. It so is. I love training cops. I did it the last couple of weeks and they come in thinking cop, gunfighter. And next thing you know, they run into somebody like well, like I've become, and now right. suddenly they're like, Oh, <laughs> and they realize they need training outside the LE world because the LE world's not preparing them very well. Yeah. I mean, just stuff I read on like FBI statistics and stuff and it's, yeah. but I mean, you even see like, you know, you'll, you'll shoot on a target range, you know, your average guy with a rifle goes out to a field or something or whatever you do a bunch of shooting or, or even, you know, you go to the gun range, whatever you do a bunch of shooting. And then when you're shooting the groundhog in the backyard and he's running across the lawn, people are never hitting that guy. You know, it's <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, you know, here's the problem is because it's moving and it's not what you expect. And after you start training with like real, you know, situations it it really, it's easy to up your game with a little, you know, Hey, here's how you hold your gun. Here's why you're pulling to the side. Here's a little bit of good training goes a long way and taking a course like you guys offer. That's awesome. Cause like, a lot of people need it, I think. Yeah, it's needed, right? I'm not dogging on cops. I love cops. No, I mean, no, I'm I didn't very, mean that. I wasn't I trying to say no, that. I'm just no, yeah. no, no. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying. I mean, I love them. I, I'm married to a cop, right? That's my background. I love cops. My my issue is that in most defensive gun uses in America, on average, the civilian will hit their target more often than the cop will. Right. We have an accuracy rate in the cop world of somewhere around 18 to 23 percent in our gunfight, and I tell you, that's a terrible thing. Right. I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a Johnny Cochran attached to every round that you you shut you you shoot. Right. That's right. And if you know, Johnny Cochran's coming for you. And if it's not Johnny Cochran, it's Johnny Cochran, Jr. or senior. Right. Somebody's right. coming for you because you spent those rounds. And if you spend those rounds and they don't hit their intended target, it's something else. 
suddenly you're liable for it. Now, civilians know that, cops know that, but for some reason, we as civilians, even the untrained, are hitting with more accuracy and more often than the cop is. So to me, when I get to train cops, that's the biggest thing is get them really good and fast their gun, but also accurate to where they know they hit their target because they got to stand before God, a judge, a jury, their administration, and themselves with the rounds they expend. So therefore getting those boys and girls, those heroes to be able to hit their targets more often, even if we increase it by half what they do now or double what they do now, that's, that's a good thing. Right now. What, uh, so let's kind of, uh, like, like talk about it. So if I, I carry concealed or, or what are your thoughts on concealed or open carry when I'm out and, uh, doing the thing? I'm so, out in town, I'm going to Walmart, I'm going to, you know, maybe even a shadier part of town. What do you do? All right. So this will generate some hate, okay? All right. All right. Um, friends don't let friends open carry. Sorry. I agree You're with that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be people that disagree. But but seriously, I mean, you hear every week, it just happened last week, I, where it was, Texas something, some dude straps on a gun on his hip because he mommy and daddy didn't give him enough attention when he was a kid. So he straps on a gun so he can walk around with a big old hog leg on his hip so he can look cool at Walmart, right? Yes. And he's looking cool at Walmart or wherever it was he was at. And next thing you know, the gun gets taken away from him. He gets beat with it, shot with it. And this happens every week in America, or at least darn near, right? Don't do that. Because if you're somebody like me, right, who if I just let's say it's you or me without a moral compass and I see a gun on your hip, you know what I see? I see my new free gun. Right. If we didn't have a moral compass to me, that's just my new free gun. Right. Right. If you're dumb enough to open carry a gun, you're probably not that observant as as observant as you think. And therefore, somebody with real skills is going to take that gun away and it's their free gun. And usually they got to fight for the gun. So therefore, you're going to get shot if you're the one to open carry. Now, I know a lot of people open carry safely all the time, but I strongly discourage it strongly. And I would tell you the research does not prove that an open carry gun deters crime. It doesn't scare criminals. It doesn't anything. Right. If, If anything, it's just a free gun. I would tell you, you should be carrying concealed. You should carry concealed almost all the time. There is a time and a place for open carry, maybe on your own land. You're out in the outback, right? I live in Arizona and Colorado areas. Maybe you're on your horse, your ATV, and you're driving around. You're not worried about the dust. Fine, then open carry. But the second you get into the public arena, you need to, where there's people about, you need to conceal that gun. Because if they can't see it, they can't know you have it. One, if they do try to attack you, you can ninja on them a whole lot easier because they don't know there's a threat. And why not ninja on people? So to me, the open carry thing, and I know those people, they die on that hill. That open carry thing to me is just literally, and I mean this right. kindly, stupid. Yeah, no, it sounds right. I, I think one of the deterrents, and again, I don't want to sound negative on cops because it's not where I'm coming at all. But <laughs> I just, people were taking guns away from cops. Yeah. And I'm like, if a cop has it, take it away from them. I'm, in theory, in my mind, maybe less trained than the average cop out there. And they're more protective of their gun than I would think I would be. Yeah. So yeah. if they're getting that that guy and people have the balls to do it to that guy, yep. then why the hell wouldn't they take it away from me? So and that's kind of my attitude on that. Yeah, one, exactly. You know? I mean, I, I can talk about this from experience, right? My partner and I, uh, former LAPD cop came to us. Great cop. Excellent shooter, right? Um we got in, I got into an arrest with a dude and I'm hooking the, sorry, arresting. I'm hooking this guy and he's prison strong, right? He had just got out of prison. He's all yoked up. He's high on drugs. And as I hook him, it turns into a massive fight in that fight. It was like a four minute long fight in that fight. One of the many things that happened is he tried twice while we're struggling and tied up with each other. He tried twice to pull my gun out of my holster, Mm. right? He was going to pull out and try to kill us. My partner was right behind me. He tried to drive his gun over to shoot the guy in the back of the head, but I was so close and tied up and fighting over the gun. My partner was afraid if he hit the guy, it went in the skull and bounced around and come out and hit me in the face. So he couldn't pull the trigger twice. It turned into a huge fight after that. But I mean, think about this. These people are not afraid of you just because you have a badge, just because you have a gun, just because you might have training. If they're willing to take it from a cop, they're certainly going to take it from, you know, the, 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 Big old honking boy that just has to throw it on his hip to look cool, right? right. Just 
without the skills and the training and the tools and the backup. So to me, please, if there's one thing I can say to, to folks, if you're an open carrier, please, please, please be more thoughtful. Learn to use a gun from concealment. That's a right. skill. That's a it true is. skill. And, and learn to be a lot better with it from concealment. So that way, if your day comes, yeah, it might slow you down by a tenth of a second. But at right. the same time, if people don't know it's there, you can usually surprise them. Right, exactly. You can look for that opportunity. No, no doubt. Um, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And no, I, I can appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, even, you know, you mentioned on your property, I can understand, like, like you said, completely fine, open carry on your property. I get it, you know, and at least in a lot of places, I know in New York that wouldn't have flown anyway, even with a decent, like, if man, the UPS guy comes up, it's weird and awkward in New York. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, where I am here, it's, you know, whatever that's the it's common. But still, I carry concealed on my property just because that's how I'm used to carrying and used to drawing and whatever. But I always am like, oh, I should have it with me because how often is, you know, the fox is coming out after my chickens yeah. or something. And you're like, yeah. oh, it was in the house and I wish I had it or, you know, whatever. I mean, again, it that's kind of the world I live in. That, that whole like farmer thing is a little different than, yeah. uh, you and, know, and, maybe and, your average guy. Yeah. And think about this. If you're if you're out and about on your property or let's say you go ATV in or razoring up in the mountains or wherever it is you go. Right. That garment over the, the the gun especially if you have optics on it helps protect it from the dust and everything else right. and why get dust and dirt and leaves and junk into the little tiny cracks of a gun right? right you start adding stuff into it and suddenly the gun doesn't work as well i want my gun to go bang 100 percent of the time yeah. so anything i can to do to protect it from the environment i'll do that's why you'll see even in modern cop holsters they start having hoods that go over almost the whole gun to include their optics, right? To protect it because it's open. So they do a, in part, a lot of what you see in good holsters is to hide it where to, or to, to protect it from the elements. So to me, a good concealed carry holster does the same thing. It's right. just when they don't see it and therefore maybe they don't suspect you're a victim, you know, or you're, right. you're, or maybe they think you're an easy victim and don't realize you're not. So it, it's to your favor, almost 99% of the time to have a gun concealed. All right. Any uh, insight on uh, what people should be carrying or what type of gun sure. or whatever? I have thoughts, but let's hear yours. Okay. So Mia Culpa here, understand, I am what you'd officially call a brand ambassador for H&K, right? Oh, um, that's what I um, carry. I like Oh, that. you do? <laughs> oh, you know, boys and girls listening, this is a man with a clue. I, Chuck, now I like, I like it a lot. All yeah, right. My, my EVC is a VP9SK, so... Boom. Okay. Right. You know, but go ahead. You and me, you and me are going to be friends. All right. So, so same thing, right? I'm a brand ambassador with H and K. I carry the VP nine. Um, almost all, in fact, I think all my instructors, but one carry, carry VP nines. And then I have a whole box of them sitting right here that I give out <laughs> courses for people to use. Cause I want them right. to experience the VP nine. Okay. So I would tell you that H and K is probably in, in my opinion is the best gun to carry. If you're taking a stock out of the box gun, for a couple different reasons, but to me, H&K, VP9, or the SK, as Chuck just said for those listening, right? That's a slightly smaller compact version. Right. Um, there's the other H&K, which is the P30. It's got kind of a hammer in the back. I'm not a big fan of hammers, though the P30 is a phenomenal gun. Um, if you're carrying a gun with a hammer, I would suggest to you that's just one more failure point. I had one of my partners rolling around in the dirt, fighting with people, and he had a hammered gun, think like a 1911, and a little bit of stuff got stuck behind the hammer. So when it came time to do the Lord's work with that thing, it could not do it. So to me, anything that introduced where you could introduce the stuff that we fight in, which is rolling around in stuff into the gun itself is a bad idea. Okay, so though it, though the P30 is a great gun, right? It's mostly a closed hammer system. It, you know, I if it's got a hammer, I'm not a huge fan. All right, so if you're not going to get the if you're not going to get the VP9, I would suggest a couple other guns, right? And they're kind of all the same to me. Um, uh, take the Walther, the brand new Walther PDP. I think it's a great gun. It's got one of the best triggers on the market. There's three different things with that gun particularly I don't like, um, but it's a good gun. It's a good gun. 
Um, so the PDP ver uh, 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 series of Walters. Another one would be the new M&P 2.0s, not the Shield. Don't buy Shields. I know it's one of the most common. I, yeah, a lot of people carry yeah. the Shield. A lot of people carry it because it's really thin. But understand the hand is an oval. When you hold a gun, it's an oval. Yeah. The Shield is real thin, real wide. Uh, uh, real thin this way and real wide this way. It doesn't fit the hand well. And I find usually, unless you're a big dude with big paws, you have a hard time shooting the shield well. Though it might be a quality gun, I don't suggest the shield. Get the standard size 2.0. You can get the compact. Do not get the first versions. I'm not a fan of the of the M&Ps because of one different thing with their trigger system or really their, their safety system, but it's a pretty decent gun. I carried one on the SWAT team for in the in the PD for about a year, year and a half, and I realized it's not that great for me, so I got rid of it. But it's a decent gun. Another one, which is the most common gun out there, is the Glock, right? Yeah, now, um, yeah, uh, stock out of the box a Glock. You know, they claim Glock perfection all, but really, I tell you, if you want to make a Glock like a VP9, you got to spend about the same amount of money you spent to buy the gun in the first place, right? right? So if it's $600, $700 gun, you got to spend the same amount of money again to get it to where I tell you it's like a VP9. Right, um, right. But it's the most common. They're considered bomb-proof. I've seen them break many times over, but yeah. they work. A Glock is a good gun for self-defense, but I tell you, you got to change the trigger. You should change. You absolutely have to change the sights. 100%, you got to change the sights. You should probably change the barrel. You should probably get the undercut. You should probably change kind of how the grip is set up. You know, a couple different things. Yeah. Um, but it's the most common gun out there, so I get it. Um, another one would be, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, let's see here. Um, oh, I just lost it off the tip of my tongue. Um, doggone it. Um, uh, SIG, or where are we going? Okay, yeah, well, we could go with SIG, right? All right. SIGs. SIGs, I tell you, SIG almost always gets it right. They get close yeah. every time. Yeah, that's right? it. They get close. Um, I tell you, probably their better gun, if you're talking concealed carry, would be the SIG 365X or XL. Don't buy their 365. All right. It's too small, right? So get the 365XL, you know, with where you can put the uh, put the put the optic on there and put an optic on it. Um uh let's see here the sig 320s right uh, uh great little hand grenade so if it falls jump on it <laughs> um but uh you know save us all uh but uh decent gun i don't like the way it's built i don't like the beaver tail i don't like how the height overboard stuff but it shoots it, it shoots it's a, it's a decent gun and those variations thereof uh smooth gun um let's see here there's one more i'm thinking oh the fn i'm not a fan of the fn Nope. But if you're no, but if you're going to get an FN, get like the uh, what is it, the P10, uh, the PDO9 or PD9 or something like that. Get that gun if you're going to get it. But you immediately need to change the trigger. You need to change a couple things on it to make it a decent gun. But I've seen a lot of those not work terribly well, but they work better than most. Beyond that, beyond that, I'm sure there's one gun I'm leaving out. But beyond that, I wouldn't recommend too many other guns. Here's the main guns I'd look at. HK, VP9 or VP9 SK. Um, then I'd look at the SIG 365XL series. Um, and beyond that, maybe the Walther PDP series. Beyond that, those are the three guns you should get. If you're going to get a Glock, you got to doll it up a little bit to make it worthwhile. And it's a good gun, but you got to work on it to get it there. Right. I, yeah, I mean, I kind of have that, that same approach. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've had your hand on more than I have, but, uh, I, I started out early on, like when I was in the military, we did, uh, I did my qualifications with a Glock and I don't know if the guy never cleaned it or what his deal was, <laughs> but this thing, like, it seemed like every fifth or sixth round was jamming. Maybe it was just really cheap ammo and didn't have enough powder, but would get caught, you know, in the slide as it would eject it, it would eject a live round or whatever and, and catch it. And so it made me do really well because they counted all those as bullseyes to, you know, push me into the marketing <laughs> area. But aside of that, I was like, wow, Glocks are crap. You know, and again, it could have just been the wrong ammo, you know, that kind of thing. Because if you're like, I, I know a lot of guns. If you don't have enough powder, you know, in there, yeah. they use low, you know, that kind of thing. You'll have issues. You got to find the right setup for you. Obviously, yeah. the, these people did not. Yeah. Next, 
and you know, I'm sure the military is using cheap bulk crap, whatever, you know, at least this is a million years ago. I'm old, but you know, so that, so I was like, Oh, Glocks, they're not for me. That's not my thing. Everything I read at the time when I got my first concealed carry, which a long time ago, probably 15, 20 years ago, HK wasn't really a thing in the popular, you know, normal guy, uh, you know, world. Um, so I ended up, I was an idiot and I bought a, uh, a SIG 1911 GSR, which is huge. <laughs> and it's some big monster, you know, whatever. And I'm like, Ooh, that thing weighs about eight pounds. Right. Now, mind you, I had some kind of like SIG makes this uh concealed carry jacket. It's like a Carhartt kind of thing. And it's got uh, a yeah. big Velcro lining, you know, so you can throw it in there. Totally concealable. But it's like eight pounds, and yeah, I'm like, you know, do lean it. into yeah. the side everywhere I walk. I had to put two magazines on the other <laughs> side just to balance me out, you know, to to carry it. And then I was like, ooh. And then I go to the gun store. I buy a uh, a um, a Ruger SR22. Now I gotta say, nothing feels better in the hand than that. Maybe maybe the VP9. I really do like the way the VP9 is because they have all the interchangeable grips and all that. Right. And that that's awesome. And that's what sold me on that later. The SR 22, the trigger is horrible though. It's yeah. like, you know, you're, you're pulling something there. Right. And, and, but it felt good in the hand and I'm like, all right. So I did that for a little while and I always preach to people, the gun that you're going to carry is the gun you should buy. Right. If it's too big and too bulky or it's too uncomfortable or it jabs you, if, if that's going to stop you from carrying it with you, carry the one that, you know, is going to work for you, you know, and, and be comfortable. But yeah, there is the balance of, right, to gain something, and- <laughs> you've got yeah. to give up something. So yeah. so you, you want the balance of large enough to absorb the recoil, right, to where it's not a tiny little thing jumping in your hands, with also a large enough caliber that it can quit or more quickly stop people if it needs to. Um, and, and it's also concealable, right? So the problem is, is most people try to get just concealable and just concealable doesn't mean good stopping power or impact power punch through with caliber. And usually it means it's so small that if it's got good caliber, it's going to be very jumpy in the hands. Right. So, you know, uh, to me, you've got to find that right balance and yeah, find one you'll carry. But usually I would tell you buy buy a quality one. That's the right balance of of power, concealability, everything, and just be willing that if you're going to carry concealed, you got to surrender a little bit of comfort with it, maybe until you get used to it. I'm so used to carrying a duty sized weapon now with, you know, I got a flashlight on an optic that now right. if I don't have it. It's just, it's weird. So, right. so that's what I carry, but, uh, but find the right ones out there. Now, caliber wise, I would tell you carry a nine mil every time, get a nine mil, don't get the 45s. I see somebody comment about Super Blackhawk 44. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and obviously he's joking, right? Right, right. Uh, but, you know, get get a 9mm with good bo- modern bonded holocore ammunition that does really good. Um, it has the same stopping power, this and that, you name it, of say a 40, 45. Um, certainly over more so than the three, 380s or the 22s and all, but get a good one. And nine mil's good. I see somebody else to comment on here, a Mayhem County Living, uh, yeah. Country Living. Yeah, comment on the XDM uh, Elite, right? I know they're very popular out there. Um, I would tell you right now that I, I would steer you away from the XDM series. There's really only one nationally wide trainer that that uses that gun. Only one out of the ones that are out there. That's kind of a clue. There's no good police department, no really solid police department, no military unit that will let you use that unless you're Czechoslovakian or something that will let you use it. That's a clue. It's not a terribly reliable gun. And I've seen thousands of those things come through on my range. And I've seen a lot of failure rates with those. So just be careful of those guns. They shoot well. Um, but I'd be careful with them. But get a nine mil, get a good balance of concealability. One of the good things about H and K for you, Chuck, is wow. if you're looking for slightly more concealed than even the SK, is they're working on. I believe they won't really confirm it, but pretty good sources here. They're working on something that's more smaller sized that has the right calibers, the right concealability. And if you know H and K, they have such high quality. When it comes out, it's going to be a. It's going to be a. If not a game changer, it's going to be one of the top concealed guns in the market. Nice. 
Yeah, no, you're starting trouble picking on different guns. I mean, I guess you can <laughs> I know. be happy, right? Watch we're, the hate roll in. We're all, yeah, exactly. Um, I think ammo, too. Uh, you know, I yeah. know for me, my, my gun store, I, I used to drive by one in New York all the time that I I, I got paid in, in cash with a lot of things. And I'd just stop by the gun store and, and they'd be like, oh, you know, here's that guy who has lots of money to spend. And they were always throwing the right <laughs> ammo at me. And uh, but I'd try out every different thing everywhere. And, and I kind of settled on and, and my go to is uh, the hydroshock ammo. Okay. Uh, I think Federal I would, makes it. Yeah, I would I would tell you yeah. get away from that. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd tell you get away from the hydroshock stuff. <clears throat> uh technology has changed since the hydroshocks have come out. Things are better now. So so you know, for its time and its place, it was great, right? What back in the early two thousands, the nineties or whatever. Um, um I would tell you there's there's two uh, two uh, rounds that I would carry in defensive life. And I think they're interchangeable. I have one particular I like for one specific reason, but they kind of work. Get the uh, federal federal HSTs. Um, get the federal HSTs, or get the Spear Gold Dot G2s. Spear Gold Dot G2s. Um, I don't care what grain you get, uh, but get those right there. I personally like the Spear Gold Dot slightly better. When you look at all the tests and all the stuff, the research that comes out, and I like how they load in a gun slightly or more smoothly to my feel than than the HSTs do. But to me, either or, six six of one, half dozen of the other, those, those are the two only calibers. If you're not going to go with that, um, and those are the two best ones out there, buy those. If you're not going to go that, I'd tell you the next tier step down would be the uh, Winchester Ranger XTs. Uh, same thing we carried in the police world. I had I had good luck with those, right? When I had to use it in defensive life, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. But when you look at the testing, they're just slightly lower in all the testing um, in the results than, say, the Spear Gold G2s or the Federal uh, HSTs. So for those purposes, I'd go with that. So either go with those two, the Federals or the, the Gold Dots. If not, go with the Winchester Ranger XTs. Beyond that, uh, I wouldn't recommend too many others. And though America loves the Hornady critical defense and the Hornady ammo, especially in handguns, I would tell you, throw that crap away. That stuff, I've had more trouble with those things. And the testing is not that great. You name it. Please, please throw that stuff away. That little rubber thing catches on the feed ramps. The 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 the, the angles, the bullets are too tight. The, the 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 sharp part of there that digs into the feed ramp. I've had so many troubles uh, with that thing. And again, the testing's not quite as good on the impact and what the wound cavitation, wound channeling is when it impacts. So to me, if I can talk people out of the critical defense and the other Hornady handgun stuff, I do it. Now, the rifle stuff, Hornady has some really good things. But for some reason, in the handgun world, they have just not done well. And they have great marketing. So that is tends to be the most um, the most used round by, by Americans when you buy them. But I tell you, get away from that stuff. All right. Now, I would say anything you decide that you end up feeling is the right ammo. Don't just buy the box and load your magazine. Go yeah. out and shoot a bunch. Because I got to say, different stuff will cycle different in different guns. Yeah. And your gun might not just be just right for whatever. Make yeah. sure it's going to work for you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. There, throw some rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, there is that. Especially if you have, like, I don't know, the feed ramps on the XDMs and all that other stuff. They're a little bit different. Right? So, you got you to look for those. But, but whatever you use as your ball ammo or your training ammo, Right? Too many times we get used to that, and then and then we don't go shoot our our, our duty ammo or our, what I call our social ammo, right? So so you need to go out and about once a year run through a good box or two of your social ammo. And what I do is I carry I carry my Spear Gold Dot G2s for a for about a year, right? So far this year I haven't you haven't had to use them. So what I do is at about every year, really on my birthday, about that time frame, so it keeps consistent, I go shoot up my carry ammo so that I put new ammo in, right? So I shoot that up really, you know, so I can feel the recoil, feel the difference of, because the recoil path, um, how it impacts its point of aim versus point of impact versus my training ammo is going to be a little bit different. And the brain, memory fades. So you need to go redo that about once a year. And so every year, I just cycle out my new ammo 
right? My old ammo to my new ammo and also just confirm that it does feel different, does impact different. And I need to know that because if I ever have to use my gun in defense of life, I want to, I want my optics set up for my, my, uh, my, my live rounds, my, my fighting rounds versus my training rounds. So go confirm that about once a year or so. I like that. No, that's it. I mean, actually, you know, practice, getting your hands on stuff, doing stuff. That's really the biggest thing. Um, so, all right, again, back to the concealed carry incident idea. What do you, like, when is it appropriate to draw your weapon? How does this, you know, assuming a civilian, right? Civilian concealed carry, you got a legal gun, you're legal to carry it, you're, you know, legal carrying it wherever you are. And when when is it appropriate for you to go and draw that weapon? All right, so this is going to be a little bit different across the U.S. You have a pretty good size sure. Yeah. So, you know, you came from New York, so obviously what works in New York is going to be very different than what I would do in Arizona or, say, my former recent home, Colorado. Um, so you got to know your laws of your state. you got to know them well, right? Because you pull a gun defensive life, you got to count on the fact that Johnny Cochran is coming for you, right? Or the system will or whatever else, right? Specifically California, New York, Illinois, right? Think geopolitically. If it's a state that hates guns, really, you take the Great Lakes states and run mostly down the East Coast towards, say, North Carolina. It's kind of a gun-hating place, right? And you take the West Coast kind of gun-hating. So you got to know the gun laws of your state. You got to follow your laws of your state. If you're more the heartland of America that loves guns or the South that loves guns, then you're probably got a little bit more latitude with what you do. But here's what I tell you. There's a common sense application here. No matter what your laws are in the states, all laws are set up that if you're in fear of your life reasonably, right, reasonably fear of your life or somebody else's life, or you're in fear of what we call in Arizona, Colorado, serious bodily injury, right? So think, you know, right, you, a very bad injury. And I don't want to get into all the definitions of that because that's that's a 30-minute conversation right there. But if you're in fear of serious bodily injury or death, and it's reasonable, and it's also imminent, right? And that's a, that's a thing. So imminent. Um, I jokingly tell people in Colorado, imminent, just think, right, it's in a short proximity of space and time. And I don't know what that is based on your physical abilities. You name it, right? It could be short. And I jokingly say, if you live down south, just take the word imminent and say affixing to. If it's affixing to, right, it's imminent. So so there you go, right? So if you're in imminent, reasonable fear of serious bodily injury or death, you can reasonably pull a gun and use a gun in defensive life. But that's, that's a very vague thing. And it's also going to be based on your jurisdiction, um, your PDSO, your police department, your sheriff's office and your district attorney's office of your area. So whatever you do, it must be common sense, right? It must be reasonable. Fear of SBR death or serious bodily injury or death, it's imminent. And if you do that, you're fine. That's vague, isn't it? So because it's vague, you must be the reasonable person in here. But if you need to pull it, you can't hesitate, right? Because you have very small amounts of time in defensive life situations because ambush predators don't wait for you to get ready. So it's got to be done quickly because bad guys are ambush predators, but it must meet the law. So I hate to sound vague. Just think this way, reasonable, imminent fear of serious bodily injury or death that could or is happening, could, meaning it's imminent, is happening, right? So therefore you can pull it. Yeah, no, that, that sounds right. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, I think some people invite confrontation by pulling it out too early or, you know, just like, oh, I have a gun. I'm going to stop. And a lot of states like New York or something like that, you're really asking for trouble yeah. um, in, in a place. I mean, I'm in North Carolina. Apparently, they shoot everybody in the street here all the time and whatever uh, my company, we they shoot each other at work, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they got to do, they're, they're down for it. But it really does know your environment, but also it's so important that you're paying attention to who your politicians are, who your sheriff is, who your, you know, district attorney is, and that you actually go out and vote for these guys. And, you know, everyone gets so caught up in, in federal politics and everything. And obviously that matters. Your Supreme Court matters, defending your gun rights. All, all this stuff matters. 
but your local politicians are so directly going to impact your life and especially your sheriff and your district attorney and keeping you know an eye on that kind of thing paying attention and actually voting for the right guy you know people have young kids care about their kids and yet they don't pay attention to the school board or the whatever's going on and they just kind of let it slip by but they're all caught up in you know oh my congressman this and that but you know, it's stuff that affects you directly. Make sure you guys are paying attention out there. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- this is truly the important part to it, right? As you said, the feds can do whatever they want. You're going to be judged on the local level, right? So either A, getting out of a locality that's not good for you for the defense of life is a bright idea, right? Living in LA, living in New York, living in Chicago is probably not a good idea for you if you're a gun owner, gun carrier, right? Move to a more gun-friendly area. Um, you know, it sounds like you did that. Um, so so move to those areas. Know your local people. And please, please, folks, votes matter, right? I tell you, maybe machines do too, but votes matter, right? So so therefore, if if that's the case... Right. Vote for the people that truly care about you. And if you get a defensive shooting, they don't care if, if you go to jail or don't. They just want the truth. Right. They just want what's right. And they want to follow the law because the law is really legalese. That's common sense. Right. Depending on where you live. But the ninety nine percent where you live. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of where we live in America. The law is really just they want to protect you. Right. From evil. And if you have to defend yourself against evil, the law is just codified common sense. And if your common sense laws, once you understand the, understand the codification, the legalese of it, if it makes sense that really I was just in fear of serious bodily injury or death, that either could or is happening to me or somebody, you know, out there that I love, I need to pull a gun defensive life, then they're going to stand behind you because you did that because it's based on the truth. So the votes matter. Go vote for the right people for your area because you're going to be judged on the local level. And it's the local system that's going to always be your friend. The federal system, nobody really cares. Right. And and the and and two, that's so screwed up that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. You're fighting the you know, I always hear people, well, the constitution says, and I'm like, Yeah, but who follows the constitution? That's kind of, you know, irrelevant. I mean, I, we want it to be good. We want it to be right, but it, it well, it's the, not where people are, you know. A minute. The courts do follow, right? The vast majority, but what if they don't? Right. And and what if they take a bad view of the constitution. So the laws are based on the constitution, both of your state and the federal system. They're really well done. You've got to trust in it. But if I lived in New York, LA, San Francisco, Chicago, right. If it was a bad area, then I'm probably going to go, okay, though I trust the constitution, I'm going to move to an area that's going to more likely defend me if I ever have to pull the gun defensive life, because as a common sense person or a law abiding person, I'm not going to pull the gun unless it's common sense and law abiding. Right. And those are important things, because if you pull it for any other reason besides that, you're putting yourself in massive legal jeopardy. And now you might spend the rest of your life in a cage somewhere. And who wants to do that? Right. So. Right. Gun on ego off. Follow the law and be in areas, live in areas that, uh, well, protects you. It's for the same reason that we don't go vacation in L.A. We don't go vacation in New York. I've never been. I want to go. But you know what? Defensive life. I'm not going to take my family there to where one I can't technically officially defend them by carrying the tools I need to. And three, if I did ever get myself in a defensive situation, then I'm likely going to be judged by a law that's less, less understanding of the defensive life. So therefore I just don't go there. And, and I hate to say it. I mean, that's it. That's what drove me out of New York. You know, the laws yeah. kept changing and getting worse and worse. And there were ways to work around it. Like it wasn't that horrible. I mean, they've gotten worse since I've left. But, and I saw it coming, so I was like, I got to go. But we had the SAFE Act, which, you know, you couldn't, you had to register your AR-15s. And that, again, wasn't a big deal. I had two that I registered and the the rest, I just disassembled kind of thing. Because it turns out you can walk into a gun store in New York and buy an AR-15 lower. You can buy all the parts and mail them to your house and have them in your house and have both things. You just can't put them together. And what was even crazier is I could take my registered lower, put all my uppers on it, sight them in, set them up, do everything I want, and then take them apart and whatever. And if I wanted to go shoot that gun, you know, an 18-inch whatever with this scope and this whatever, I could go shoot that with that lower for the day 
and then I'd have to go home and take it apart to be within the law, which is just, you know, whatever, that's insane. But it just, yeah, I moved down south. Now I can have suppressors and short barrel rifles and whatever I want. And nobody's, you know, in my business. Obviously, the world is going to keep encroaching on gun rights in the future. Seems like what's happening. But anyway, you know, you go to where it's convenient and good to you. But you also go to where you can protect your family. And that, you know, that's really what matters. Protect your own life. That too. Um, So I know we're kind of dragging it out here. I don't want to... uh, you know, I don't think we're dragging the episode, just dragging your time. But uh, the uh, the other thing, like, so what happens? All right, you have a shooting incident. Somebody comes up, uh, you know, threatens harm and whatever, and you end up having to draw your weapon and, and fire on somebody. Uh, what's the next scenario? W- what are we doing? So we had a saying in the cop world that says, don't be grabbing Motorola when you should be grabbing Smith & Wesson, right? I would like to change that just because I'm an H&K guy, right? Don't be grabbing H or grabbing Apple or Samsung when you should be grabbing H&K. Meaning this, right? You've just used a gun defensive line. Do not split your attention between your gun and getting on your cell phone to call 911. Don't do it. If you're not safe enough to put your gun away, you're not safe enough to get on a phone, right? Okay. Don't get on the phone. You've gone bang with a gun defensive life. Don't holster the gun until you know you're 100% safe, right? Um, There was, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, and it was probably Connecticut or something, New Jersey. I forget. It could have been New Jersey. Somewhere. Um, A pizza delivery dude got attacked because he's delivering pizza. He pulled a gun. He defended himself with the gun. And he stood there for a minute and just, I think he holstered the gun. He just stood there in shock. And girlfriend came up from behind of the guy he shot, pulled the gun out of his holster because he's open carrying wow. it all this time, right. pulls the gun out of the holster, shoots him in the back of the head and kills him, right? So don't holster the gun unless you know you're safe. That means your entire environment, 360 degrees around you, is completely safe and you know nobody can get you, right? There's, I mean, if you have to, get away, move, go away, right? But don't holster the gun unless you're safe. If you're safe. If you're safe, holster the gun and immediately reconceal the gun, right? Because responding cops coming up might see you there with an open carried gun, might presume you're the bad guy based on fragmented information that came to them, right? Because by the time the telephone game has happened and the information came to the cop, they've got fragmented information. They don't know what they, they're going to. They just know there's been a gunfight and you might be the good guy, the bad guy, right? The holster and reconceal the gun. Okay, so if you're going to put it away, okay, from there, if you're safe and you've concealed your gun now, right, from behind some type of concealment and cover, whatever else, move away from the scene, right, keeping a good eye on the surroundings of you, get on your cell phone and call 911. Now, understand in today's world, there's probably two, three, five, ten other people calling 911. There's probably also two, three, five, ten others videoing it with their cell phones, right? So you've got to count on that. Now, because other people are calling 911, understand you need to tell your story. Be the one to tell your story. So you call 911 and you let them know what's going on. If you can't holster the gun because you don't feel safe, don't split your attention to a phone. Have somebody else call 911 for you, right? Just tell them call 911, okay? Now, if you're the one that's going to tell your story, right, there's several things I recommend. Be very careful with what you say. Because everything you say is being recorded. It's not there to help you. It's not there to hurt you. It's just being recorded, right? It's going to be presented to the DA's office, to to the police department, to juries later possibly, and they're just going to hear what happened. So you need to be cognizant of this. You need to think through what you're going to say ahead of time. You need to be cognizant of your breathing rate. You need to be cognizant of how you sound. You need to be cognizant of your volume. And these are things to practice ahead of time because you thought it through. But calmly let them know, one, who you are, where you're at. And I would suggest letting them know, hey, I was at this location. I was attacked and in fright of my life, and I had to defend myself. Please send help. And then be quiet. Get off the phone, right? Or some very low, could we say, careful, gentle words of something like that. Who you are, where you're at 
you had to defend your life or somebody else's, please send help and get off the phone, right? Dispatch or 911 is always going to tell you to stay on the phone. Don't stay on the phone. Don't do it. Don't do it. They have no legal authority to tell you what to do. They're dispatchers. I love those people. I know hundreds of them. I love them with all my heart, but they have no legal authority to tell you to stay on the phone. Don't do it because that splits your attention. As soon as you can, get off the phone. Put the phone away and bring back your full, complete, undivided attention to what's going on around you until the cavalry does show up, Tell the cops do, right? So who you are, where you're at, you had to defend life, please send help, right? Or if somebody's been hurt, please send help. We don't say, I just shot somebody. We don't tell them what kind of guns. We don't tell them how many shots we shot. We don't tell them anything. Hey, I had to defend life. Maybe somebody's hurt. You know, maybe something like that. Please send help. Be careful with your verbiage. Be very sparing with your verbiage, right? Because you don't want it to pop up against you later. Then wait for the cops show up. As the cops show up, right? Woo, lights and sirens are coming. From that point forward, right? You make sure you know you're the good guy. I would declare something like victim, victim. I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy, right? I would keep, and I don't want to go out of the camera, but I'd put my hands up as high as I possibly can or make sure there's no way they know that that I'm a threat to in this situation, right? From there, from there, I would do whatever the cop tells you to do. Understand when a cop believes or suspects that there's a gun involved in this situation, they can legally tell you anything they want you to do. So I live in Arizona and it's becoming hot, right? So let's say it's 110, 115 degrees out and you're on black asphalt and that black asphalt because it's absorbed the sun during the day is 125 degrees. If the cops say, get on the ground, get on the ground, just cook, right? Do whatever you got to do. If you live in New York because you like cold stuff and it's, I don't know, below zero and it's ice and you're in your little teeny weeny bikini and they say, get on the ground, get on the ground, just burn on the ice. Whatever the cop tells you to do, you do. Don't go reaching for the gun being like, here's the gun, right? This is what I use because the cops are going to shoot you, right? Yeah. So follow their advice. You're probably going to get handcuffed. Go with it. The cops don't know you. They don't know anything about you. You just used a gun. So if you used a gun, be ready for you to be, be handcuffed up. It could be rough. Get over it. You just had to defend life, right? They're probably going to put you in the back of a patrol car and you ask you some questions. I would do the same thing with the police officers that I would do with dispatch. Hey, here's who I am. Here's where you can find me. Here's my address. Here's my phone number, whatever else. I was here. And I would tell you, hey, if you're a concealed carry permit holder, or maybe you're in a state, you don't need that. It's constitutional carry. Hey, I had a gun. I carry a gun defensive life. Somebody attacked me. I was in fear of my life. I had to defend my life. And I would stop right there. Yeah. From that point forward, I'd tell them with all due respect. And I would tell them this with all due respect, sir, ma'am, all due respect. From that point forward, I would like, I need to talk to my attorney now. Definitely. Right. Give them the same things you gave to dispatch. Let the evidence speak for itself. Immediately lawyer up. Yeah. Immediately lawyer up. And all due respect, sir, ma'am, nothing against you folks, but I need to talk to my attorney before I make any further statements. Yeah. Now, understand there's a difference between saying I would like to talk to my attorney legally than there is I want to talk to my attorney. When we say, hey, I think I should talk to an attorney. Are we? And sometimes people stupidly turn to the cop and they go, hey, should I talk to an attorney now? Don't be doing that. <laughs> right. The cop's not going to tell you yes or no. You just tell them I want It's a declarative statement. I want to talk to my attorney before I say anything more. We don't say in in less emphatic language, I think I should, I kind of want to, I'd like to. No, no. I need to talk to my attorney before I say anything more. Okay. From that point forward, if they keep asking you questions, just come back, sir, ma'am. No disrespect intended. I'd like to talk to my attorney. Now, if if the cop says, hey, look, the evidence doesn't look good right now, and you could go to jail if you don't answer this question, go to jail. Right. So what? Right. Right. Three hots and a cop. Right. Go sit yep. in jail for a little bit. Don't talk to anybody in jail. Not your cellmates. They're not your friends. Not the booking tech. Not the intake techs. Not the cops. Not to anybody. Be quiet until you get to talk to your attorney on the phone. Okay. So whatever you do, here's who I am. 
Here's the very general basis. I was here. I was attacked. I was in fear of my life. I carry gun concealed. I defended my life. Right. Sir, ma'am, no disrespect intended from this point forward. I need to talk to my attorney. From that point forward, only talk to your attorney. Understand if the cops tell you to go home, right? If they're like, okay, all right, we'll get back to you later. Go on home or whatever else it is. Do not go home and talk to your buddies and your friends and everybody else about this type of thing. Because only those who are maritally contracted to you, your husband or wife, not your live-in boyfriend, not your shacked up girlfriend, not anybody, right? Only your legally contracted marital spouse cannot be forced to speak against you. So if you want to talk to them, great. It's them and your attorney. Talk to them and your attorney. If you're fearful that your marriage might not survive, and that's a real thing, by the way. If you're fearful your marriage might not survive, your spouse can choose to testify against you. So if you have a maritally contracted spouse, somebody you're actually married to, and you tell them the details of this thing, if they ever decide that they don't like you anymore, which can happen, they can choose to testify against you. So that's something to be un- to understand. And if you use a gun in defense of life, there's a likelihood because it will change your life so much that even if you've been married 10, 20, 30, 50 years, you might end up in a divorce, a very high likelihood that you might end up in a divorce in two or three years, simply because it changes you and changes your life litigiously, financially, legally, emotionally, mentally so much that they decide, hey, I didn't marry this person. I married the person they used to be, and now I want to go find me a new one. Right. So understand that does happen to a lot of people who've used a gun defensively. I like it. Now, last thought. Um what do you think about uh, all these uh, concealed carry insurance things? I'm sure they, they oh. have to be a plus, but what's your thought? Okay, so if you own a gun in defensive life, specifically of a concealed carry permit, and you carry a gun in defensive life, I would tell you with respect, you are stupid and foolish if you do not have something like this. You're stupid, right? There's three main things you need to do as a gun carrier. One, you must know law, the laws of your jurisdiction well. Two, you must be mechanically, if not expertly proficient with that gun. And that's a lot harder than most people think. It takes realistic training to become truly mechanically expert with a gun. Okay. Three, you must prepare for the massive legal and other aftermath that is coming. There's multiple aftermaths. One of the huge ones is the legal side, both civil and criminal. Really, I'd say criminal than civil. And for a lot of us, If you have jobs and everything else, then there's also an administrative aftermath, right? Your employer might decide to get rid of you or less than your impact, whatever else. So there's multiple legal sides to this. So you need legal representation. You need the best legal representation you can get. Now, unfortunately, best good legal representation is extremely expensive, right? And I'll bet even you, Chuck, might not have $3 million sitting around just so you can just employ good attorneys if you have to go bang with a gun. Maybe you do. I don't know. But most people don't. And it's probably going to cost you can count on at least five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars minimum just to defend life to up to several million dollars just to defend yourself in the legal system. So you need some type of you said insurance. I'd tell you prepaid legal. Do not buy the insurance products that are out there. Right. Like, you know, there's the USCCA and others. That's a insurance version. Don't buy that stuff. Please don't buy that stuff. Instead, get prepaid legal. Now, I am a brand ambassador also with Firearms Legal Protection, or FLP. Um, uh, That is, right now, I believe the very best one on the market um, by far, right? Chuck's, if you you have it, great. Sign up through Chuck here. If not, you can use Defenders. Use your thing. Yeah, nope. You'll get a discount. It's not much, but you'll get a discount if you sign up through Defenders USA. You need to get that. The other one, if you don't like FLP, and by the way, they're the best on the market. I've had to use these type of things in defensive life. I know exactly what it's like. You need you need something like this. If yeah. not FLP, which you should get. If not, the other good one out there that I tell you is slightly not as good, but very good, is called CCW Safe or, C, or CCW Safe. That's a good one. Um, they do a lot of good things. I don't think they quite do all the things FLP does, but they do good. Beyond that, there's a couple others that are out there. There's four or five others that are decent out there, but they're not as good. I've done a lot of research. I've spent a lot of time on this because having had to live this in the aftermath of the use of gun and, and use of force, you know, lethal use of force, I know what it's like. I know it's like to go through the court system. So therefore, it's one of my passions to get people prepared for that. So look into it. 
part of the good parts of FLP is that they contract, except for in like the state of Montana, they contract with the attorneys that are local to your jurisdiction. So they have their big attorneys, right, that do the nationwide stuff that come in for you, right? They know that they're, they're the experts at it, but they also contact the local attorneys that are the good ones who know the system, know the judge, know the DA's office, know the know the uh, defense the defense attorneys. They know them all, and they know how the system works in your jurisdiction. And every court jurisdiction works a little bit different than others, and the personalities are different. So therefore, you want local representation. You want the gut, big gun hitters or uh, you know uh, attorney gun guys and girls. Um, and you combine those together, FLP does, I think, probably the best job. Beyond that, one of the things FLP offers, and a few of the others do that do the good ones, is also they offer counseling in the aftermath, right? Chuck, you're a big, solid, tough, military, former military guy and all. You go to bang with a gun in defense of life here in litigious America, it changes your life completely. It does. And I know a lot of people think, I don't need it. Go to counseling go to counseling. And it's not your pastor. It's not your priest. It's not your whomever at your church. Go find somebody who's good at counseling with people and pulling out the stuff that you go through when you are the giver of violence, when you are the taker of life. That's different than going to say your pastor or priest. Go to those people, study how to do this, to help you cope with this. Because if not, I have too many friends and the military world, the, the police world, and the civilian world, that after they've done things defensively with guns, they drown their sorrows in a bottle. They drown their sorrows in a needle. They beat the husband or the wife. They spend too much time in credit, in games, in, 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 in books, in movies. And they change their lifestyles to where now you no longer live the life that you were meant to live. And those who love you and deserve you don't get to have the you that they first signed up in the first place. And we let this unfortunate incident that you had to be involved in now change your life. And that shouldn't be, right? So therefore, go to good counseling. Seek that out, um, you know. Go get the good stuff to help you live the life you deserve to live after you've survived something like this. No, I like it. So, yeah, I'll try and get that in the show notes, too. The firearms legal protection, and you said Defenders yep. USA for the like promo yeah. code. Kind yeah, of thing. You, yeah. yeah I, I believe it's Defenders USA if you let them know or give them a call. Um, but they, they're fantastic. Now, they don't work in all states. I think Montana, they're almost done filling that up. There's one other state somewhere. I forget what. Um, but, uh, yeah, get those. If not, go with C- if you can't get it in your state, look at CCW Safe. Nice. Um, last thing, uh, I know you do a lot of training everywhere. Uh, people want to figure out how to defend themselves. Uh, where are they going with training with you? Okay, so our company has a lot of trainers in multiple states, right? Um, I'm do- currently doing training, like, mostly I'm in Arizona and Colorado. Like, next week I'll be teaching in Colorado. So if you're in the Denver area, you want to come to a couple of days of firearms training, we do some fantastic world-class firearms training. We'd love to have you. I have some open spots. If not, I'm training in Texas and Missouri and Kansas and Utah and Montana, Colorado, and, of course, Arizona. You can find us at our website, which is defenders-usa.com defenders dash or hyphen you have to have the hyphen now we currently just changed our website and the ticketing or registration portion is not live yet it will be i think tomorrow um because we changed it from our old website so you can find us there or contact me directly and i'll give you my phone number and all my email contact me directly and i can get you the links for the registration you just can't see them on our current website but we'd love to have you if you want to come to us come see us. And if you can't come see us, let us know. I'll point you to some of the really, really good trainers out there. There's a, there's a bunch of trainers. There's not many that are really, really good, right? So find the good ones. We'd love to be a part of your journey, but call us, contact us. We'll point you in the right direction. Like that. Now you guys also have a YouTube channel. What's that? That's Defenders USA also? Yeah. So we have two YouTube channels. One is Defenders USA. You see the shield in the background. That's what you'll see when you go, when you go look us up. Uh, just under Defenders USA. We got some good stuff up there um, and it's growing all the time. Um, And then we also have another YouTube channel called Defenders Live. So if you like what Chuck's doing here, we have a live broadcast that comes out or video cast that comes out every Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So your time would be another three hours, right? Because you're on the East Coast. So it comes out uh, seven or no, another two hours. So it'd be 9 p.m. your time. So it comes out 7 p.m. Mountain Time. 
uh, and it's run by a lady named Laura Thorson. Um, I'm kind of the behind the scenes guy. I come on occasionally, but not very often, but she runs the whole thing. We talk to some of the industry wide experts out there when it comes to the defense of life and it ranges from a million different topics. So we have one coming out tonight. We have uh, Laura is going to be interviewing Adam Boyce with Spartan mode. So truly world-class knife guy, hand to hand type of guy, phenomenal, excellent shooter and just incredible all around guy. He's a trainer out here in the West. We talking to him this coming tonight so we'd love to have you. We have all sorts of broadcast on there if you go to Defenders Live. And uh, we'd love to have you join up. So subscribe to both those channels, Defenders USA, Defenders Live. I right, appreciate it. So if you guys like, subscribe, uh, share the stuff, we'd appreciate it. Otherwise, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.